Welcome back to Stupid Wise Girl, the podcast. I am super duper excited for today's episode. I have a very special, amazing guest today, Jill Scherer Murray. And I have to be honest with you, when I first saw Jill on social media, there was an instant connection. I was being drawn to her. There was a pull and I just wanted to get to know her. The more I got to know her, the more I loved her and her story. Besides being an amazing, kind-hearted soul, Jill is an author, she is a blogger, a coach, and founder of Let Go For It, a lifestyle brand dedicated to helping individuals let go for a better life. She is also an award-winning journalist and communications leader who can trace practically every success she's had in her career. Her TED Talk, The Unstoppable Power of Letting Go, has been viewed by more than 1.2 million people, and that is a number that grows by the thousands daily. She also coaches and consults business leaders on how to let go and communicate effectively. She also spent a year studying comedy at the famous Second City Training Center in Chicago and another five years writing a popular blog called Diary of a Writer in a Midlife Crisis for WildRiverReview.com. And the list doesn't end there. She also let go just about everything to put her weight into Shape Magazine 12 times as a part of a long assignment to document her weight loss journey for millions of readers. Thank you again, Jill, for doing this episode with me, and I hope you guys really enjoy it. Who gave me permission to do this? <laughs> oh my God. Sometimes we're going to laugh and sometimes we're going to cry. That's just the way it goes. Welcome to Stupid Wise Girl, the podcast for everyone and anyone who is seeking their purpose, who wants to change but might feel stuck. Our title is a perfect example of why you should not judge a book by its cover. Jackie aims to help everyone, not just females. Learn to dig deep into yourself in every episode and get real with what you need as we figure out exactly what that is. Whether it's a relationship or a career, we as individuals make stupid mistakes, although our wiser higher self always knew better. We must get to a place where we can accept our stupid and move forward into our wise. Here is your host, Jackie Minsky. I have a very, very special guest with me today, Jill Scherer Murray, who has over 1 million views on her TED Talk called The Unstoppable Power of Letting Go. She is also an award-winning journalist, and she's an author whose book, Big Wild Love, will be released in May 2020. I am so very excited to have you. Welcome, Jill, to the show. Thank you, Jackie. I'm so happy to be here today. Love the podcast. Love your podcast. Thank you. That means a lot. I just have to say, we are part of a group online called Five Minutes to Famous with Susie Moore. A really great course, by the way. I loved it. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Yes. And I'm very spiritual. And I have to be honest with you, Jill, the first time I came across your profile online, I had mm-hmm. that feeling as if I know you or I have to know you. There was like a pull. I was being pulled to you from the moment I saw you. I'm, I'm going to be really honest with you. And then we began speaking and I really grew to admire you. So I'm very, very honored once again that you really decided to, to do today's episode with me. Well, that is so sweet. 
I mean, that is so sweet. And I have to tell you, I actually felt a little bit of the same. So I think when those things happen, um, you know, I think we can energetically, and if we're tuned in even to our own selves, we can definitely, um, you know, feel a sense of this person is someone that is aligned with me or aligned with where I'm going or I always think there's these little hints of intuition inside of us that kind of, they're trying desperately to steer us in the right direction and to the right people. And it really depends, you know, how, how much we're paying attention. And I, I think those little hints of intuition are also trying to warn us um, to pay attention to people that we may find ourselves attracted to that may not be great for us. So um, so I totally get what you're saying and I could just keep going on and on talking, but um, I totally get what you're saying. And I thank you because that's really lovely. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's very yes. sweet. I mean, I don't even know where to start because I have so many great questions <laughs> for you. Um, I, I, know. Say, I have watched your TED talk so many times and I have oh. questions about it. And I sent it to all my friends. It's like, you need to watch this TED talk. It's, it's just so amazing. So I'm going to dive right into it if it's okay with you. Yeah, go for it. Thank you. Yes. Here, so, I'm all yours. Yes. <laughs> all mine. <laughs> yeah. so, you said something that really struck me and I really, really loved. You said, and I let go of a relationship and reclaimed my life. Now, yep. how did you know, for anyone who hasn't watched the TED Talk, I will link it to today's episode so you can get a chance to watch it, but you were in a 12-year relationship. So after 12 years, how did you know it was time to let go? So that's a really, really good question. And it kind of goes back to some of what I was just talking about was those little pieces of intuition. So I had a very large epiphany that really, you know, I think, Jackie, that, you know, we have epiphanies all the time in our lives and we're either ready for them or we're not ready for them. And so I knew it was time for me to finally let go for real when I had this very monster epiphany um, that I talk about actually in my TED talk. I was in this relationship with a very wonderful man for 12 years. You know, honestly, if he was a terrible man, it probably would have been easier to let go of him. But the the worst crime that he had was that he just didn't want the marriage that I did. And, And I will say this, you know, I don't think marriage is the only way to be happy in love and relationship, but it was something that I wanted to experience. And I spent a lot of time over the course of our relationship kind of ignoring you know, what he would say to me about getting married, which was, I care for you. I love you. I love being in our relationship, but I don't want that. And in my mind, I went to, ah, I can change him. He'll change his mind. He's just scared. I know I'm the one for him. If I just make myself prettier and better and more accommodating and, you know, sort of all those things we go through you know, working through how do I get this person to love me in the way that I want them to love me. And so there were so many signs and little, little tiny epiphanies along the way that would say to me, this is just not going to happen. Like look alive here, Jill, this is just not going to happen. But 
because of my own stuff that I was not looking at because I was so busy looking at his stuff. I didn't want to go to my stuff because I knew that would be hard. I stayed and stayed and stayed until the time came, Jackie, that I, you know, that I mentioned in the talk where there was no way around the truth of the situation. This monster epiphany swallowed me whole. And I know that there was no way to go back. And I knew that I now had to listen to my own gut and intuition. And I had to really choose. It was between me or him. And it wasn't him posing that question to me. It was the voice inside of me posing that question to me. And so in that moment, I decided to take back my life. Because when you are stuck in a relationship that you know deep down inside is not going where you want it to go, you have put yourself in prison. You know, you lose all hope and possibility for the future. And when you, you know, for me, I would just push that to the side. When I would think about it, I would push that to the side. I would push it away because it hurt too much to think about it. But in that moment, I knew that I had to give myself a chance. And so I reached deep in and I took a very, very large deep breath and I let go and did what I have to do. And it was, it was hard in the short term and very transformational in the long term. And yes, it allowed me to find myself well back to the the self that I had lost. I love Does that. Makes sense. Yeah. No. It's, it's, it's. Oh my God. It makes. It, it's just amazing. It, it's really amazing what you just said. And I feel as though, and and I've done this, and I feel like people do this when they're in a long term relationship. They oversee things because we're also taught not to set expectations of people and to love people unconditionally. And I feel like that's a reason sometimes we stay in these relationship prisons, I call them. And Mm -hmm. the way you worded it on the TED Talk, because I wrote this down because I've watched it so many times, Jill, is (laughs) you said I had to survive consequences of my epiphany. Yes. That is such a powerful statement. And I have to say, I admire you for that statement and for your strength. And that is where people get stuck. They have moments of the intuition or the moments of the epiphanies and their soul wants them to do something, but they stick to what I say is reality conditioning and their day-to-day lifestyles that we get so used to kind of like we become robots to our life. And what is the best advice to someone who's having an epiphany, having a change of heart, wants to do something, but they don't know how to move forward with it? Well, first of all, I I have to say that I really love that you're going right into the epiphany because I don't think we talk about epiphanies enough in our life. Don't. I really don't think, and I love that you're talking about this with me because you know, epiphanies come with consequences. It's the consequences that stop us from looking at them. But it's often the fear of those consequences that's worse than the actual consequences themselves. So it's like, you know, I am a a gargantuan baby when it comes to getting a needle. I will sit in the chair before the nurses, even in the room, and like squinch my face and squinch my eyes and like deep breathe and think, oh my God, this little pinprick is going to hurt. But when it happens, it's, it's really nothing to what I've built up. Now, I'm not saying, you know, letting go of someone you love is nothing. It's not. It's, you know, it's, it's, there's going to be heartbreak. I mean, there is, there is no magic bullet. There is no magic solution to heartbreak. I mean, if, if I could come up with that, then you and I would be having this conversation on my yacht in the south of France. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's, 
right? I mean, and this is, this is part of what I like to talk about, which is, you know, there's, there's only one way to push yourself through the consequences of epiphany. And that is by loving yourself so much that you believe on the other side, there is greatness waiting for you. All the things that you want. And you know what? If you can cultivate that self-love or what I call big wild love, if you can cultivate that, nothing that happens on the other side even matters anymore, which is kind of the irony of all of it, because you're happy no matter what. And you find your way to that and you start to detach from all the external things. But, it, but it's the fear of heartbreak. It's the fear of feeling bad. It's the fear of loss. It's the fear of waking up to a new reality that is the unknown. And it is, you know, us collectively, you know, I think so much of the reasons why I think my talk has resonated with so many people is because we are suffering from a crisis of self-love. I mean, and I, listen, I had wonderful parents, but when I was raised, I was raised to believe that the prize was winning the greatest guy. The prize was never presented to me as loving myself most. I talk about the big wild love and the self-love is kind of the ground beneath our feet. And so it's, you know, it can be hard won if we aren't given those beliefs, the belief system from a very young age to just love ourselves no matter what. And so when we're stuck and we have that epiphany and we need, we need that something, you know, to get us through the, the consequences, well, letting go involves risk. And we need to love and understand ourselves enough to have the courage and confidence to move forward with boldness and to let go. And if we have that, if we have that, yes, it still hurts. Yes, it's still hard. But we don't have that sense of hopelessness and that sense of there's nothing else for me out there and that despondency. We can move through all the feelings we need to move through knowing that once we get through what I, I call the tunnel of pain, we know there's a light at the end. If we don't have that big wild love, we don't know if there's a light at the end of that tunnel. And it's dark and it's cold and it's wet and there's animals and rodents and all kinds of things going on. And we don't want to go in there. So we yeah. just stay there. We just stay where we are and stare at the opening of that tunnel and say, well, you know, nah, this isn't great, but it's something. And yeah. I'm safe. Yeah. And it's, and it's also what you pretty much said. We are taught as women that marriage is, is what makes us successful. It's almost like you're incomplete unless you're married by a certain age and you feel like that's the main goal. And then you get into these relationships and you focus more on how can I get him to marry me instead of how can I love myself and do I even want to marry him? And what are the reasons I want to be with this person? It's almost right. like, and I say this on a few of my episodes, it's almost like you're conquering a man just to say you got married or that you're in a relationship and then you're not alone. When the beauty is, if you can actually be by yourself, that is where you hold on to your faith. And that is where you'll step into the other side of your greatest love or your potential. It's when you're actually alone. Yeah. And I would say it's not just being by yourself. It's being joyfully 
by yourself. Yes. I love that you added that. Yes. (laughs) You know, it's, it's saying, you know, I, I don't need, look, we all want to, we all want love. You know, we all want to have love in our lives, but I always say this, Jack, you know, there's so many ways to be happy in life and there's no one right or wrong way to do it. You know, if you want to get married, that's wonderful, but get married because you met someone that you want to spend your life with and have that, that connection to and, and build that, those, that foundation with, you know, but you don't have to be married to be happy. You know, we have a crisis of convention. It's okay. It's okay to live your life, to forge your road, to have your own unique path in life. And because I truly believe that happens to us for a reason. That's our purpose. That's our destiny. I don't believe that we don't have free will, but I do believe that we are destined for certain things. And, you know, when we are holding on and keeping ourselves stuck, we are denying the world all that we have to offer our unique gifts and talents. And I know that sounds really Pollyanna and really, really hokey, but I really do believe it. And you know, I, I actually did that talk because, um, there was, there was a loss of someone died and it impacted me in an enormous way. And I had seen a lot of people that I knew, um, women, men, friends, friends of friends, just for some reason talking about me, not even just about love, Jackie, but like, you know, career and, and, and friendships and issues and all these things that they were just so stuck on and just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. And I thought, this is no, no, like, you know, not to be maudlin, but you know, we're not going to live here forever and ever and ever. Exactly. We got to get to it now. We got to get to it now. We can't be afraid to let go of the things that are not making us happy. Or, you know, obviously there are certain things we can't fully let go of. Like sometimes we can't fully let go of our family relationships or some other things. But if we can find a way to let go inside of our own selves and love ourselves enough to know when we need to create those healthy detachments and disassociations from things, then life gets better pretty fast. Yeah. Pretty fast. Yeah, I, I do agree. I really do strongly agree with everything you're saying and I think a lot of the times we attach ourselves to the fear the guilt or the shame of leaving relationships and I want to say you were in a 12-year relationship well you know I laugh because I say you know who would leave a 12-year relationship I mean that's like taking all the money out of your 401k and throwing it into the (laughs) lake right yeah that's that's the thing that's where people get stuck that's why I love right story so much because it's not a three-year relationship it's not even a five year it's not even eight years it's 12 12 12 years years. you let go of a 12-year relationship and you clearly overcame the fear and you clearly pushed but what about the guilt because I feel like the guilt also stops people so okay so I'm going to tell you I never fully overcame fear because fear is a very productive emotion. I just never let it stop me. Okay. I would talk to my fear and I would say, you know what? Not today, fear. You're not going to win because I knew there was something better for me if I pushed through that fear because I had worked on cultivating that big wild love. I never really felt the only, you know, guilt 
I, I don't know if I felt guilt as much as I felt regret. And, and I didn't, and I wouldn't say that I felt um, regret in the sense that, you know, I, I try really hard, Jackie, not to live in a space of regret because I think that everything we do in our lives prepares us for the next things and gives us the lessons that we need and make, makes us, you know, gives us, makes us who we are. But I, but there were moments where I, I, I wished that I had done, that I had done it sooner. And, and I was conflicted about that because on the other side of that, like I wouldn't trade any of that time spent with that person, you know, for anything because they were wonderful and they were really the first person on the heels of some pretty, really not so great guys that taught me not only what healthy love looked like, even though he couldn't go the whole distance, but he really taught me a lot about loving myself because he gave me the ability to let go yeah. and to do that in a way that was, that was safe. And that showed me that I, that I did deserve to have the things that I wanted in life. And I also learned that, you know, just because you are with someone for a while, it doesn't mean that they have to be that someone forever. And it doesn't mean that you have to extricate yourself from that relationship with anger and bitterness and hatred, that you can walk away in love the same way you can stay in love. And I think that was so, um, so fortifying for me as I took the next step forward in my life. And I looked back and I thought, you know, I, this, this, there was really no guilt uh, other than I think the sense later when I lost that person and I thought, you know, gosh, I hope I, I hope I was honorable. I hope I did things in the best way possible. I hope that I was fair to everybody involved. But I think the biggest things that I felt in letting go were really um, fear. I had a lot of limiting beliefs inside of me that I needed to look at and see this was, this was my biggest takeaway was that I wanted to understand why I stayed. And I think this is the biggest issue because we spend so much time in relationship doing the other person's work, armchair diagnosing them, analyzing them, why they're not giving to us, why they're not doing what we want them to do, yes. their belief system. We do that so much. We're not looking at ourselves. We're not asking ourselves the hard questions. Why did I stay? What was I getting that I really needed? Because I wasn't getting the long-term commitment that I was saying that I wanted. So what was keeping me there? And I had to learn and understand that we all have a belief system that I believe we were given to when we were very young that runs on autopilot like a dull hum inside of us. And we don't even realize that it's always playing. And it's driving our choices. And so it's like we get on this bus and we fall asleep in the back. We have no idea, <laughs> but it's transporting us. Yes. And when we wake up, we're like, how did we get here? Yes. So, yeah. so for me, I think that was the most powerful piece of walking away was there's always going to be fear. It's a matter of how do I push past this fear? When you have big wild love, you know, no matter what you do, you're always going to be okay because you have you and you're awesome and you can take it. 
Yeah. And, and also everything you just said, a lot of times people, and I talk about this a lot, we're conditioned from a young age, which is true. I actually wrote an article about that as well. And it's like you said, we fall asleep on the back of the bus. We wake up in a life and we're like, this is not my life. Meanwhile, you right. day to day made the decision to stay in this life until you no longer wanted it or your intuition or your soul is getting louder and louder. And you said in your TED talk, and I'm sorry if I keep quoting you, there's just so much. No, go ahead. <laughs> You said that you really didn't think about your future when you were in this Mm -mm. relationship. You lived moment to moment. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people clearly do that in life, career, and love. And when you did let go and when you did enter your new relationship, is that when you did start to think and consider your future, create and manifest your life? Yeah. You know... (sighs) It's so interesting, right? Because we're taught, well, you got to plan for your future. But then on the other side, you know, now we're taught, no, 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 you got to live in the moment. You got to live in the moment. I think, and I know I keep coming back to this, but I think there's, there is a knowing and a trusting that we have to have inside of ourselves that says, yeah, this is, this is the boat I want to be on. This is the boat I need to be on. Um, you know, I once had someone tell me, this was the greatest thing. I never forgot it. She told me, Nothing you want is upstream. If you have to paddle and paddle and paddle and work really, really, really hard to get upstream, it's not your thing. What you want is downstream. You want to get on that boat and, you know, take a glass of wine. And I'm a big talker because I don't drink, but um, <laughs> have a piece of pizza, you know, put on your lipstick and just float your way down. I think, you know, when I moved into my, into my new life, it it got a lot easier when, when, when the right person came into my life, I didn't really even think about how I was living. I wasn't thinking about whether I was living moment to moment or whether I didn't think about planning for the future. I just knew a few things for sure. I knew how the relationship felt in my body. I knew what I wanted from my life, that being that I was not going to stay in a relationship for another 12 years that didn't give me what I want, that I wasn't going to settle and stay in any relationship that wasn't giving me what I want, that I wanted someone who wanted what I did and who wanted, who shared my values, who shared my goals who wanted to be in a committed relationship that I wanted. So I, so before I even started to date, I spent time with myself, understanding, rewiring those beliefs and also figuring out what I wanted from love and relationship and even more broadly, my life. And then because I loved myself and because I knew what I wanted, it almost became organic for me that when I met this new person, I didn't have to work that hard and I didn't have to work hard to set boundaries or to say, well, I'm only going to, you know, do this because this is my end goal and I'm looking to the future. And I'll tell you what, there was, there was a guy that I dated before my husband and I really, really liked him. And, um, he, I, I really, really liked him, but he was very unpredictable. He would call me the day of, and we'd get together. We'd have these great dates. And then he would like disappear. And then he would call me from out of the blue. We'd have these great days. And then we would disappear. And we had such a great time together. And I had all those feelings for him. But you know what? 
it didn't feel right. I, I, I didn't feel solid. I, I felt like I deserved more. I deserved better. And so even though I liked him, I walked away from him because I knew he wasn't going to get me where I wanted to go. And that was the me loving myself and knowing what I wanted. And so I think the, I'm, I'm giving you a long answer, but I think the, the, re, the, re, the real answer is when you find the right person who is aligned with you, when you love yourself and you know what you want, and you can hold to your boundaries and you can be true to yourself and you can listen to your intuition and also know that you are not desperate, that you can have a happy life no matter what. I think you very organically start to take care of yourself and say, moment to moment, this is great. And yes, it's meeting my needs for what I want long-term, but you don't have to work quite so hard at it because it's the right thing. Does that make sense? Yes. There's so much good in what you just said. It's so funny because I wrote down so many questions and <laughs> love that you're, you're getting right into them. So it's flowing effortlessly, which is what a, a real relationship should feel like. It's kind of happening right now on this, this episode. It's flowing very effortlessly, which is great. But um, I love what you said, because a lot of the times that's, that's what us women specifically do when we meet men, when we are not fully in love with ourselves, we give them excuses and we work extra hard to stay in the relationship. And instead of loving ourselves and knowing in the long run, is this person have the same values? Do they have the same goals as I do? Do they want the same things as I do? Instead of looking at what we want, we start to look at what he wants and we start to fit his picture. He he wants a wife who will do this and we completely forget us. And I think it's so very important that women or anyone in a relationship gets to a place where their needs are equally met, not just met because you can't be selfish, but equally when you meet someone, what do they want? What are their values? What are their goals? Short-term, long-term, you know, because there's plenty of people that are dating for instant gratification nowadays, because look at the dating apps. You could swipe left, right, sideways, up, down. I don't even know how it works. To be honest, everyone's swiping, right. but and everyone's yes. going on these dates and everyone's I have to say, you know, I, I, I agree with you, Jackie, and I will say this, you know, we are looking at them, we are evaluating them. You know what? It's not their fault if we stay and they're not giving us what we want. This is the other thing. It's yes. not their fault. It's ours. It's not their fault. It's ours. And I would say, you know, we, yes, of course, we want to be good partners. That's an important part of loving yourself is that you care enough to be the same kind of partner to somebody else that you're looking for, a healthy, loving, kind, generous, and giving partner. But the way that I think a lot of people date in the 21st century is, um, gosh, I hope he likes me versus, gosh, I hope I like him. Yes. it's, It's not about, you know, I've talked to so many women over the years and some of the women that I coach, and I'm like, it's not about what he thinks of you. It's about what do you think of this person? Is this person right for you? Do they have the values that you have? Do they share your interests? Do they share that they make you happy? Are they kind and considerate and loving? And I think on so many levels, you know, we are mirrors for other people. We attract like attracts like, if we love ourselves enough and create ourselves to be the best kind of person and partner 
then we will naturally attract that to us. And so, but I do think there's, and, and we do confuse this with, we don't want to be selfish. Well, no, of course not. We want to be loving, generous, giving partners. But at the same time, the question we need to ask is, do I like this person? Before we ask the question, do they like me? Yeah, that's, that's, that's really what it, it really comes down to. Um, I want to go down the list of the five ways of letting go, if that's okay. Let go of taking things personally. I really love that you said that because sometimes I feel like even if you like each other, where are you on the road of life? Maybe he does like you also, but he can't commit right now and you shouldn't stay and wait until he does. Yep. Timing is so important. Timing is really such a big piece of you know, alignment. It's such a big piece of finding the right partner. You know, you have to want the same things at the same time. And then if you go out into the world and you don't know what you want, um, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to minimize your ability to find it. And I think, you know, it's very hard not to take things personally. It's, this is not an easy thing to let go of. And, you know, I mean, I have people who love my talk. I have people who don't like my talk. I can't let any of them define me because I have to define me. And when I when you define yourself, you learn that, you know, other people's stuff, other people's choices, that's not about you. That's about them. Yeah. That's their stuff. Yeah, it's really getting grounded. In, and, and it's not to say that it doesn't hurt. It's not to say that, you know, it's not going to affect you. It's like I would say, uh, sometimes I have friends and they'll say, well, this person is doing this. And I say, yes, but that's not about you. And, and I'll say, but I understand, you know, you're walking down the street. Maybe somebody comes up to you, you don't know. Maybe they're a little crazy. They start hitting you over the head with the bat. Yeah. You know, that's them, but yeah. it still hurts. It still hurts. That's the piece that you need to reckon with is to make sure that you're caring enough for yourself to manage that feeling of hurt or pain. And the other thing I would say about not taking things personally is, you know, we only know what other people want to show us. Oh, I love that. We only, you know, they, all the information I ever had to go on was the information that my ex told me, which may have or may not have been true. I, I don't believe him to be a liar, so I'm sure it was true. But he may not have been fully actualized or steeped or had the full understanding of his own self. There may have been other things going on that I didn't know about. I mean, we just, we just don't know. You know, people say things to us and tell things to us and give us reasons. I mean, I dated people in the past and they would say, you know, well, this is this is why I am doing this. But you don't know if that's the truth. We, we don't know. So we can't rely on people and things outside of ourselves to define who we are on any level. Um, so I think 95% of the time, taking things personally. Now, obviously, if you, you know, directly or overtly did something horrible, you know that, but you know that, that that's the cause and effect of it. Yeah. But just taking other people's stuff personally is very unproductive. Let go of that. And they, and they also say people can only meet us as deeply as they met themselves. Correct. That's great. And that's the truth. Yeah. So, and then number two is let go of what other people think, which again is fear-based and can stop you from reaching our potential, which is kind of what we discussed a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. And can I just ask you, because you, you did a TED talk and how did you feel on that stage and how did you let go of what so many people were going to think? Cause you know, talk about over 1.2 million views. How does that yes. feel? <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen the Brene Brown special, but she talks about this yes, actually in her Netflix special, which I think is just, I loved what she had to say about all yes. of that. Well, you know, it's so funny. The thing about doing the TED Talk, which was so great about it, was, you know, all of my my fears, like, what are, what, what are people going to think? Are, do people, are people going to, you know, resonate with what I'm saying? Like, who do I think I am to, to say what I'm saying? You know, do, do people think I'm going to look terrible? Will they think I'm ugly? Will they think I'm fat? Will they think I'm stupid? You know, all those things. I mean, I just think that's, that's normal. You know, like, I just think that's, that's all part of just being human beings. And so I, I would literally went down every road with each one of those things and came to, so what? So what? You know, it doesn't matter what other people think because, and then I would think like, how would you feel if you let that stop you from doing what deep in your heart and soul you really want to do? And then once I got up on that stage, Jackie, I was fully in service to my audience. I was no longer, because it's not about me. It was never about me. It was about how can I help people understand what it took me 12 hard one years to learn. If I could spare one person from staying stuck in a, in a space, in a relationship, in a situation, in a belief system, in an experience that's not delivering to them what they really want from their life, how can I, can I do, can I put my little chip on the, up on the mosaic of what they know that might inspire them or motivate them? Because I, I knew that I wished that I had that when I was going, someone to say to me, you're okay. There's no one right way. You're going to survive it. Yes, you're going to feel all these things, but at the end of the day, you're going to transform and you can find the way to what it is that you want. You have that power all up inside of you already. Um, I, I was so invested in that and I and still am, you know, that people understand it, yeah. it has nothing to do with us. And, you know, one thing that, that my ex used to say to me, which was really kind of lovely when girls would be girls and they would be really terrible. You know what I'm talking about. Girls can be catty and awful to one yeah. another. And he would say to me, you know, when people see a stallion and they can't be like it, they try to break its legs. I just thought that was just an incredible thing to say. Yeah. What you just said, because this happened to me also, the question of who do I think I am, which I had the exact same question, even just starting my podcast, who's going to listen to me? Who do I think I am? Who am I going to interview? And it got to a Mm -hmm. point where we have to get to, we have to get to a place of not asking who do I think I am, but saying, this is who I am. Yeah. I want to get into number three. And number three is also very important. Let go of trying to be something you're not. How can you let go of trying to be something you're not? Well, I think, you know, it's a lot of work to be what you're not. It's a lot of work. I mean, there's just, there's just only a certain amount of time that we can hold up 
you know, this facade of who we are. It's like holding a beach ball down in your gut. There's just a certain amount of time until that beach ball comes rising up and who you are is who you are. You know, there's only one of you on this planet. And, and yes, you know, you may have to adjust yourself based on situations. Like I know when I talk about, you know, having this gargantuan personality, I know that sometimes if I'm in a business situation or if I'm in a new situation, you know, I can't bolt out and be, you know, full on, you know, psychedelic Jill, but (laughs) I have to temper my way back, but I can only go so back. Yeah, You know what I mean? I'm never going to be this meek, tiny, little, quiet, introverted person in the corner. And not that there's anything wrong with that personality type. Um, because we all have all person, like I'm, I say, I'm the most extroverted introvert you'll ever meet in your life, but it's very hard to not be who you are. So instead of fighting it, be the best version of yourself and accept and embrace every my my friend and coach, she says, rock your quirks. Yeah. Rock your quirks. To thank you for letting me know that it was okay to have my personality. Oh, well, first of all, you're welcome. Thank you for having your personality. I mean, you have to be who you are. You have to. First of all, who you are is lovely and in- interesting and authentic and real and, and very trustworthy. And that's what your listeners are coming for. We have to own our uniqueness. We have to own who we are. We have to let go of the other voices in our heads, the inner critics, the people over time that have told us we're not enough, we're not good enough, we're too loud, we're too this, we're too that. Those are not our people. They're free to go find their people. But there's so much beauty in just being your authentic self. That goes right into number four, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Lego yeah. to be perfect. <laughs> you know, about, the, about being perfect. I mean, we, every single person walking the face of the planet, we have a 100% failure rate at being perfect. 100%. And I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to be me. Because that's, that's it. That's all I know how to be, is the best version of myself. And, I, you know, I used to say to my team, I am... I, I don't even know one eight hundredth of everything. Like I am supremely imperfect. Oh. And so um, that's just a fact. We're all imperfect. So we should just stop trying to be perfect because the jig's up. On the inside, it's really, really where all the work needs to be done. Yep, absolutely. Hands down. And Hands then, down. And then, and then we'll go to the last one, which is number five, which I'm obsessed with. Let mm-hmm. go of not yet. We have to just be happy today. We just have to do the things that make us happy today because there's no guarantees. No, I'm so sorry for the loss of Hector and his battle with cancer. After yeah. Past, you know, you said you realized time is so very important not to be taken for granted. And I love that you said that letting go creates space for important stuff that we want and that matter mm-hmm. more. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we didn't have to learn the hard way. I lost my mother a year ago, very suddenly. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm and very I, sorry to hear that. Yeah. And um, I also think I realized how blessed we even are to see another day 
I mean, time is really important. And I'm, and I'm so, and I love that you're using your time now to help others realize the importance of letting go. Thank you, Jackie. I really appreciate it. This has been so fun. I only wish that we could have, you know, been sitting around a big pot of coffee and, and, you know, just keep going, but this is wonderful. I, I, I have so loved our conversation and talking with you about all these things about letting go and big wild love and, you know, not taking time for granted. Nothing in life is a sure thing. And so you have to let go. You have to start by having the big wild love inside of you for you as the ground under your feet. So when life rattles and rolls a little bit, you know exactly how to get yourself to that place where you can be joyfully with yourself and bring in the things that you want to have a happy life. And I think that is really the bottom line to all of this, at least for me it is. Jill, I I have to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for doing this with me and giving back to my audience, your audience, and with everything you're saying. Can you tell everyone how they can find you on social media? Because they all need to. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, yes. so you can find me, you can find me at my website, which is letgoforit.com. Um, I am at Let Go For It on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, although I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter, but Facebook and Instagram. And I am Jill Shira Murray on LinkedIn. And probably in the next month or two, I'm going to be starting up a private Facebook group, but I'll be putting all of that information on my website where you can come and join and I'll be doing live videos and it'll be the Society of Big Wild Love. So I look forward to seeing people there when I get that up and running over the next few months. And um, I would ask people when you go to letgoforit.com, please subscribe. There's some free resources. You'll stay up to date on what's happening. I have an advice column on the website and then you can stay in the loop on, you know, when the book book updates and when the book will be coming out. And there's also, you'll also get a, um, a free infographic on whether to determine whether the relationship you're in is kind of a keeper or a dud. So lots of good stuff there. I would love for you to subscribe. And um, I look forward to hearing from everybody and hearing your stories and just, you know, helping to spread the the letting go and the big wild love as, as far and wide as we can. So Um, so that's it. Thank you so, so much for doing this with me. It's been such a great pleasure.